Welcome to Back on the Broomstick, a modern witch's spoken word grimoire, where two witchy friends from way back are reconnecting to their pagan roots after a long period of mundanity. We're rewalking the path of the wise and trying out all the latest spells, rituals, and magical theory in today's witchcraft and pagan practices. So grab your wand and your incense, your cauldron and your crystals, and join us as we get Back back on the Broomstick. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Back on the Broomstick. On this episode, we'll be talking about leap year magic, magic of that ephemeral day that comes around once every four years. Are there spells you can do? Are there magical correspondences here? Or is it all made up bullcrap? Helping you sort fact from fiction, I'm Layla. And I'm Shell, who always looked at leap day as an extra day to take a nap. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, I have um, a lot of birthdays in February, and I know some people that were born at the end of February, but I think I've only ever known one person that was born on Leap Day. Actually, fun fact, and I know you know this, but I'm, I'm giving our listeners a fun fact. Myself and my siblings, all four of us were all born on holidays, and although I am not the Leap Year baby in my family, I do have uh, my youngest sister is born on February 29th, my little leap sister. And I never remember how old this kid is. I think <laughs> I, I she might be 36, but I'd have to do the math with the leap year. Like she gets a real birthday this year. That's all I know. There's the, isn't there like a, a play, the Pirates of Penzance or something where part of the funny thing is the main character was born on leap day. So they said he wasn't really 21. He was actually seven or something like that. Yeah, when my sister turned 21, I think we used to tell people she was like six or seven. (laughs) It's been a family running joke. Poor kid. I love that. Tortured her whole life. Well, you know, not only people who are born on February 29th get like the short end of the stick, but February 29th itself actually has some infamous history. Ooh, do tell. Well, there were two serial killers that were born on February 29th, and I don't remember their names. I'll either remember to put it here or I won't. Future Layla here. There are actually two serial killers who were born on Leap Day. One of them is Richard Ramirez, also known as the Night Stalker. He was born on February 29th, 1960. And one of the few female serial killers, Eileen Warnos, was born February 29th, 1956. And fun fact, although these two were born in February, most serial killers were born in the month of November. But interestingly enough, according to the Salem Witch Museum, on February 29th, 1692, the very first warrants were issued in the Salem Witch Trials. I happen to have known that, yeah, because that's just like right down the street from my house. Yeah, they <laughs> issued they issued the warrants for Sarah Good, Sarah Osborne, and Tichaba on February 29th. You know, if I was alive during then, I would have said, this doesn't count because this day is, doesn't exist except for every four years. Oh, I like that you said that. We'll get into our magic about that later and some of that, you know, liminal space of this day. Well, there are, you know, people always think, oh, geez, it's leap day. There can't be any magic or spell work or anything you can do for that. Oh, friends, there is. Now, what is a leap day? What a leap day essentially is, and this I kind of knew from my sibling being born on this day, is that basically the earth and the sun, like shit doesn't work out to be 365 year after year after year. And if we didn't have leap day, I think it's something like six hours every year. We'd be six hours short 
of that 365, which then in turn would be like every five years we'd lose a day. So, you know, as, as humans do, we just make shit up. At <laughs> <end of day. laughs> yeah, the history of leap year is essentially that. Uh, <laughs> a solar year, if you're going by the sun, it takes 365.25 or six hours, like Shell said, roughly, for the Earth to travel around the sun. So that's not exactly our 365-day year. And back before the calendar that we use now, they still had leap years occasionally. Actually, at one time, they had a whole freaking leap month. Ooh. And it was kind of funny. So before the Gregorian calendar that we know now, which again is solar-based, they had a lunar-based calendar. I mean, people could follow the moon, right? It was pretty easy to see the moon changing is over the course Is that where 13 of- moons came from? Yeah, kind of. But even weirder, <laughs> their calendar only went from roughly the spring equinox to the winter solstice. So about from March till December. January and February were kind of like no man's land. They had no name. What are you talking about? (laughs) Right? (laughs) Okay. And most of these months were like 28, 29 days because they followed the lunar cycle, right? So this worked out okay until they added two more months. They added January and February to make it a 12-month year. But that doesn't exactly follow the lunar cycle. There's 13 moons in a year, right? So basically, when when we as a civilization don't like things, we make things fit into our bodies. Yeah, we make things up. So because the seasons very quickly after this 12-month cycle started to get out of sync with the lunar cycle, the priests decided to make up a month called Marcedonius that they would just randomly inject whenever they decided it was time. They would literally come out and be like, surprise, it's Marcedonius month. And they would just add this random month in whenever it was needed. I love humans. (laughs) (laughs) So this made time, you know, people, we like to keep time. And this made it kind of wonky. So Julius Caesar came in, changed everything, changed all the months, made it a solar thing, kept February as 28 days, and then added one day every four years. That just makes me think. So Julius Caesar goes in and, and, and flips the script. What was that first year like when you're like, okay, so we're following the lunar calendar. No, 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 no. Now you're following the solar calendar. I would have been like, that would have been the most confusing year of my life. Even worse, if you lived like out of the city, you might not even know what the fuck they're talking about when they start talking about the new calendar. Who's going to know? There was no Twitter. There was no social media for everybody to find out quickly. It probably took generations for this shit to catch on. People would get on a horse with some scroll to go to these small villages and tell them the time has changed. Yeah. So we have this weird ephemeral day that sometimes is here, sometimes isn't. And to me, that is like a literal day that embodies the magic of a time out of time and a place out of place. An extra nap day, like I said. That too. So is it really a magical day in historical witchcraft history and lore, Shell? Well, there's stuff you can do. Yeah, I'm not, I, I don't want to say that it might be some historical day, but, you know, I, I talked in our last episode about how I don't know shit about numerology. I know enough to get in trouble, but I am definitely no numerology expert. You know, if you if you figure out that Leap Day comes once every four years, If that year is divisible by four, imagine how rare this day is. People think that because it only happens every four years, that it's like 
some portal to the spirit world. Could it be? I don't know. In our old podcast, we used to talk about how there's a portal to hell, like in every corner of every, <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> so this could be, you know, one of those leap portals. I don't know. But there is, you know, there is something to be said for it. This is a time, I don't want to say I look at it as like this hidden day, but it's kind of a hidden day. You can do things like speak to spirits, do fairy magic, you know, things of that nature. I think maybe I'm the crazy one. I don't know. (laughs) It is a made up day, but made up things can have power too, because everybody knows that this day is special. That gives it specialness. Just like we said about Friday the 13th, enough people think Friday the 13th is a thing, it becomes a thing. Right. I like what you said about how rare it is. And I kind of think of it like there's that saying, once in a blue moon, that we talk about when something is rare. But those fuckers happen about once a year. Not very rare at all. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) This This is is so rare. rare. Not only does it only happen once every four years, but like we skip one every 400 years. It's super rare and it's special. And so you can use that as a day to reflect on the past and on your future because it didn't exist, you know, this day for three years and now it suddenly does. So it's a day to uncover hidden things, like you said. And, you know, I I joke about it being a nap day, but there is something that's said out and about in the world that this is a good time to be doing like dream magic um, and visualization magic. Well, what better time to do dream magic than when you're napping? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it's it's a good time to do banishing spells as well because the day itself is going to disappear. It will not exist anymore. You can do curse breakings for the same reason. If you have spells that you need to break or hexes or curses, the 29th is a, you know, leap day is a fabulous day to do it because the day itself will no longer exist as right. of dawn the next day. It's a balancing of the lunar and solar calendars. So you can use it as a day to balance yourself, to balance your lunar and solar sides. You could also do um, things that are, are, I don't know if positivity magic is the right word, but because it is kind of this special once in a blue moon kind of event, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So you can bring in positiveness and you can also kind of put out long-term intentions. Yeah, something that, especially if you're going to set it for another four years, because it's going to go internal, it's going to go inside. What a great time to do shadow work and set intentions that that are going to take a long time to come to fruition. Kind of like how people do that on either New Year's Day or on their birthday, quote unquote, set the tone for the year. This is a good way to kind of set the tone for the next four years. Take your New Year's traditions or your birthday traditions, multiply it by four, and there's your leap day tradition. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's so it's a it's a great day and the energies are very abundant for that. I also like it as a day to take a leap of faith. You know, if you want to take a chance, now is the day to set your intentions for that. You know, you can leap over a hurdle that you have or a problem you've been trying to solve. You want to know a fun fact? I always want to know a fun fact. Yes. This is actually, it happens in a lot of cultures, but I guess for some reason it's predominant in British culture. Any of our folks in Great Britain, let us know if this is true. This supposedly is the one day where women can actually acceptably propose to men. Because as a society, men generally propose to women, and that's just the way it rolls. But on leap day, in some cultures, it is acceptable for women to propose to men. Well, that sounds like a pretty outdated tradition. And more than likely, it was something 
because the day was, you know, a, a time out of time and literally topsy-turvy. It's a day that doesn't normally exist. So I guess, you know, back then they thought it was a time to do things out of the ordinary, you know, something different. And I guess, you know, ooh, women proposing to men, I guess that was about as wild and crazy as they could get at the time. And it was exactly what you said, because it was such a time out of time day, it's such a magical day, it doesn't really exist. We're changing the whole calendar. The world is upside down. Women could ask men to marry them. How unusual and strange. So, you know, take that kind of energy. Even they thought that it had some sort of supernatural, surreal energy, and they, they expressed it that way. So have it be a day to take a chance to do something different, to do something outside your norm. I, I do like the the banishing and you, that you touched on, um, that it's a good time for banishing magic because this whole damn world is full of a lot of negative attachments and now a lot of negative energy. And for those of you that are that are thinking that negative is prevailing, this is kind of a good time to push that away put some time and energy into getting negativity out of your personal space or for those that are kind of, for lack of a better word, world healers to kind of, you know, put out there to maybe quell some of our worldwide negativity. Ooh, I like that. A lot of worldwide negativity going on. It's a big ask. (laughs) It is a big ask, but you know, sometimes you just got to do it and hope for the best. And the worst case scenario is you did it and it only helped a little bit. There you go. And I always say, start small, you know, do things to make your corner of the world better, you know, banish the things in your life and your family and your relationships that are difficult and that are negative and, and start there and then move out to the community and move on for sure. Definitely a great time, a great energy to let things go that no longer serve you. But I like to talk real quick about how it's a good time to do fairy magic. I haven't heard that one. Tell me more. Well, like you said, you know, it's kind of a Place without place, time without time. Sounds awfully fairy realm, doesn't it? It kind of does. Yeah, those (laughs) liminal spaces are definitely where the fae like to hang out. Well, you know, kind of like the spirit world, you know, the fairy world is kind of easier accessible when the veil is a little thinner. And if this is going to be such a special day, it would be my assumption that the veil would be a little thinner. Hmm. I guess it could be. I mean... Doing fairy work, you need to be careful, but this is a good time to put out, <laughs> I, I almost don't even want to say this, fairy magic wish granting. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> be really cautious working with the fae. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. You go on with your wish granting. I'm going to say, be real careful asking the fae for anything. I hear you and, and, <laughs> and I get it, but I'm just saying that okay. this, is, this is a time where folks kind of do a lot more of that, you know, leave an offering to the fairies and they say leave an offering during the golden hour, which is either right after sunrise or right before sunset. It's easier to contact the fairies during those times, but you need to, you need to be, I don't know if cautious is the word. <laughs> I know you're working with Celtic magic and Celtic traditions. And so I I know that working with the Fae is a little differently there, but for sure, be careful you're asking. That's why I said, you know, I wanted to put it out there because it's a thing for this time of year, but I just want to please exercise caution. (laughs) I have definitely heard about, you know, the banishings, working with shadow self, long-term goal setting, 
um, those are for sure good things to do. I have a, a leap of faith spell that you can do that's relatively simple. Ooh, do tell. It requires two bay leaves or two small pieces of paper, a charcoal incense burner, and a candle. That's all you need. So you're going to set up your space and light your candle and get into meditative space. And on each of your bay leaves, you're going to write, on one, you're going to write something you want to leave behind. And on one, you're going to write a four-year goal, something that you want to have come to fruition by the next leap year. So once you're ready, you're going to place the bay leaf with the thing that you want to leave behind in the charcoal incense burner. And then holding the bay leaf of what you want to come to fruition in four years, you're going to push all your energy into that, raise your energy for your spell, and jump over your candle. I recommend a tea light. Nobody needs to get crazy here with a big tall candle. (laughs) So just a little tiny candle, jump or leap over the candle. And then once you're on the other side, release your energy to the universe blow out the candle and save that bay leaf in a journal on your altar someplace safe and keep that until the next leap year. And then that should be your bay leaf that you leave behind as you set a new intention for the next four years. Ooh. So there's your leap of faith candle spell for the leap year. Ooh. I like that. I like to always go back to tarot. I don't know why. It's my thing. Love it. But I also... A little birdie told me that you uh, came up with a Leap Day Tarot spread. I did. I did. I can't wait for you to try this show. Um, But while I was doing my tarot journaling, I came up with a Leap Year spread. And it's four cards. And I'll put pictures up on our, our social media and maybe even do a post on our website so you can see this. So you go straight down in a row. One, two, three. And then to the right of those cards, you place one card. That's four. That's the Leap card. And what they stand for is the first card is what your shadow has to teach you, uh, what things you should possibly leave behind. I like, I like. The second card is the biggest obstacle that you're facing right now. The third card is what is going to aid you in your transformation. What is your greatest gift? And then the leap card, the leap of faith card, is the major theme from now until the next leap year. So the theme of your life for the next four years. I like that. Last year, it's a lot less complicated than what I did last year. Y'all gonna, <laughs> what did you do last year? Y'all are going to laugh at me. Don't Stop laughing before you start here, folks. Last year, I laid out 29 cards. Oh, yeah. That sounds like you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was like 29 days, 29 cards. And you say you don't do numerology. <laughs> <laughs> I have my own spin to it, apparently. There you go. You know, that is one of the times, you know, I generally don't do a read or do a spread that's more than maybe eight or 10 cards at the most. So to actually lay out 29 cards, talk about getting an in-depth full picture. And I did them in rows. Um, I kind of did the five, 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 all the way down to the last row could only be four. It's a lot of cards, but I feel like you get kind of more detail and more in depth. I didn't necessarily go into it with, you know, this row means this or this row means this. I just kind of looked at it as a story where the top card at the top row and kind of read it like a book all the way down and kind of what do you got to say for me for that leap year? So I didn't really have no rhyme or reason to the rows. I just kind of treated it more like a 29 card story. And I started at card one and read all the way to down to 29. I like that. 
For big events like this, I like bigger readings. You know, if I'm doing my New Year's spread or my birthday spread or a Samhain spread, they're usually much larger. You know, not necessarily 29 cards, <laughs> although... <laughs> go big I, or go home. <laughs> I have done a Wheel of the Year spread that was quite large, but I tend to do bigger spreads at those times. So it makes total sense that you would do that. My Leap Year Tarot spread is only four cards. It's a more condensed. You could certainly right. do a bigger spread now because like Shell said earlier in the episode, this is a great time to set intentions, treat it like a new year, treat it like a special day. I right. mean, it is a special day. We have given it special meaning. And just like with other things, when we're doing spell work, you take the meanings that this day has come to be associated with and apply that to your spell work and to your magic. And that's when you're going to find the most power, the most alignment, you're going to be able to get into the flow of your spell work easier when you go with what's already there. Exactly. And and I think the reason I liked that big spread is because like I said, it is it was just so much more detailed than say a, a six card spread or an eight card spread. It was almost like instead of filling in some of the blanks, the blanks were all there right in a row for all you. All filled right in. You didn't have to yeah. ask any extra. Yeah. yeah. Those are those are intense. Those are really intense. Oh, yeah. Beautiful and magical readings to do when you can really get, if you have the time to get into it, highly recommend doing one of the larger spreads on a, on a special day. And, you know, that would be something that might be a little hard to journal because of the extent of it, but it's definitely worth, if you are going to do a, a big spread like that for, for this time of year, to journal it and then go back four years you know, every four years, if you if you keep these journals and kind of this is where I was four years ago, this is where I where I am now. This is where, you, you know, you kind of can chart that. But happening only every four years, you got to hold on to those notes and those journals for a good minute. Yep. You know, I do digitally journal some of my things. I've said before that a lot of times my New Year's readings are recorded digitally and I have a whole bunch of them <laughs> going back years online in my digital folders. So I will often take a picture, you know, I'll take a picture of the spread. And I just don't it. have that much trust in the digital world. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. I, I feel you. I definitely have handwritten and digital, but I, I have both. But you know, I actually, I might, now that I've, I've talked about it, I might actually do that spread again and I might take advantage of the wiser tarot journal stickers. Oh, um, yeah. By the way, that tarot journal has some badass tarot stickers that I love. Might take advantage of the stickers um, and journal it, journal it out with those stickers. That's very cool. Yeah, I think it's a great day for journaling. I mean, who am I kidding? I think every day is a great day. You love journaling every journaling. day. I do. It's true. Every but day. <laughs> it's such a great day for shadow work to go within. It's a liminal space, a magical space. It's, if you dare, fairy realm space. It's ancestor work space. It's space to get into your own head. It's time to uncover that which is hidden and to set plans in motion that you won't realize for years to come. And you know, one thing, and that, that just kind of sparked something that I had forgot about. This is also a good time to do to do rituals and spell work for courage, because this is kind of a day where the mundane is replaced by the unexpected. Um, so it's a good day to kind of be bold and try something different. Do things that you've always wanted to do that you've never done. You know, have that courage, have that strength, have that passion to just, like Layla said, take that leap. If you're not going to take a leap of faith on leap day, when the hell are you taking it? Just saying. Find that courage. It's a day that doesn't really exist. 
everything is topsy-turvy, you know, do it. Go for it. I love that you said that. I love that. Or you can nap all day and do dream magic. (laughs) Or you can nap all day. (laughs) Set your spell jar. I've seen a lot of people talk about spell jars and spell bowls for leap day. And I think those are fantastic. I should try that. I'm such a spell jar person and I've never done a leap day spell jar. I might do that. You know what might be fun is a time capsule spell jar. Oh, what a great idea. Set up your spell jar, write a letter to the to future you four years from now with all your hopes and dreams for yourself. Put in all things that you would love to open up, little presents for yourself, crystals, put in there little trinkets, keys, whatever you like, maybe an actual wrapped present or two and put it in your jar, seal it up just like you would a spell jar with all sorts of good intentions with the idea that when you open it four years from now, all that magic, all that good energy that you put into it is going to come out to you as you receive all these gifts and read that letter from past you. You're making me feel bad because, you know, if I, if, if my, my four year ago self, I know I accidentally said I did it last year, but I meant I did it four years ago. My four year, four year ago self that did that 29 card spread, I wish I would have wrote it down so that I could reflect on it now and I hadn't written it down at the time. And here I am four years on and I'm like, damn, I wish I knew what those 29 cards were. (laughs) So that was one time where I I was lazy. There I said it and I didn't write it down. And now four years on, wish I had because four years ago was a a minute ago. And I feel like I wish I, I just really wish I knew what those 29 cards had said. Yeah. Yeah. What a great gift to give to your future self. So write down your tarot readings, write down your spells, and make a time capsule spell jar, you know, for your future self to open. Oh my God, you've given me a project. I'm doing this. (laughs) Well, that being said, Shell and I have got to go round up stuff for our spell jars. So thank you all so much for listening to Back on the Broomstick. And thank you for the continued emails and comments. You guys are freaking amazing. We love you all. (laughs) We really do. So if you want to send us more emails, questions, comments, DMs, Check us out at Back on the Broomstick on Instagram, on Facebook, even on YouTube, and our website, backonthebroomstick.com. As usual, stay wise, stay wicked, and stay witchy. And happy Leap Day, everybody. Happy Leap Day. <laughs>